All right, so we are going to begin our official interview here. I'm here with Paul Winter in my very own home. Thanks for coming. You're it's welcome. It's a real honor to have you here. Um, so right off the bat, I guess you've been doing this uh, 30 years or so, these solstice celebrations. Yes, yeah. I bet over time people have told you things and you've just been learning about historical solstice kind of traditions. Uh, traditions. Yes. Yeah, maybe can you tell us a little bit about that? We keep learning and uh, it, it, it never ceases to be fascinating to me because it just seems infinite because it's such an ancient part of our journey from who knows where but how far back but whenever we got a clue about the fact that this was happening each year and that there were these cycles but that uh, and it was amazing you know to have the sun seem to stop solstitia which is that means the sun stands still and then turn the other way and the days start to get longer and uh, for who knows how long it, people were uh, is so in awe of that but didn't take it for granted and felt that they needed to somehow participate to make sure that that would happen because mm. that would mean that then life was going to return and there would be things growing and food and whatever and so in that in those eons of humility where people were uh, beseeching the sun to come back and lighting fires and doing ritual things uh, there was a deep sense of connection, I think, with, with the cosmos that we've lost because now we know that it's a given, right? It's not a big deal. Yeah, we know that happens, right? And so in that kind of the arrogance of that minimal knowledge that we have, I mean, it's not, it's not trivial, but uh, it, it um, maybe it precludes our resonating with the bigger miracle and the mystery of how, why, I mean, the, the, the universe. And so uh, it's, it's an opportunity, I see, that on a, marking the solstice to reconnect with something a little bigger than our daily dance in these you know, fast-moving, modern, silly vision. Yeah, and why, uh, what about uh, Puerto Rico brought it? Uh, what, what, what inspired you to bring Puerto Rico to Danny's this? voice, which is the way I've been drawn to so many things. Uh, like I would be drawn to Bhutan from you showing me these singing bowls. And that, uh, one instrument, uh, the, the, the bass marimba, the, the Zimbabwe bass marimbas, mm. uh, opened the door for, for me to, to that culture and through that I met Chris Berry who has been part of our projects for a long time and who lived there and, you know, and, and so I've learned a little bit about that like I have learned a little bit about many different cultures but the, the wonderful thing about the solstice event it's it's a it's a ongoing celebration of diversity and uh, it wants to have new new people new cultures brought in to keep the idea uh, uh, growing that, um, that diversity is essential to our lives not only in nature but in culture and the cathedral is a kind of temple of diversity you know it's tradition it's so amazing that it's so welcoming 
to uh, all peoples, all cultures, and and uh, all creatures too. Now that, that we do the Feast of Saint Francis there with our Earth Mass, and there'll be about a thousand animals in the cathedral every every uh, year, the first Sunday in October. It's uh, probably the most remarkable event in Christendom, and uh, so. And we, it's to me a miracle that we stumbled into that that realm and got invited to 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 play there and and be and then be artists in residence in the early eighties. So, uh, so that's a rambling answer to your question: Why Puerto Rico? Mm-hmm. Um, last year it was a Brazilian theme, and that's a culture that's familiar to me, and I've spent a good deal of time there. And have been close to that music is almost my second home, you know, for for uh, uh, fifty years since I first went there in '62. And uh, it, it was uh, it was very refreshing last year to have a new, um, well, demographics, uh, not the, my favorite word, but an, a new group of people come in there, the Brazilian folks, because. Right. Because we, uh, when we realized we were going to focus on a Brazilian theme, we got in touch with some some uh, publicity people who know the Brazilian some Brazilian folks who, in New York who know the Brazilian community here and put the word out. So many many people came to the cathedral for the first time, and the uh, what we realized from that is that for Latin Americans, the cathedral is not a place you imagine going to to have a good time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not the not the church. It kind of scary times. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure for many people it's a, a spiritual bomb to yeah. go to a cathedral and do what you, what goes down, you know, in a Catholic tradition. Um, but this is a really different kind of cathedral, and and it's it's Anglican first of all. It's not Catholic, but cathedral, the word itself, I think, is linked in their mind to something that's very much in another kind of. Um, Modality, and then for them people to come and see this amazing celebration and many things that would be regarded as pagan by whatever church fundamentalists um, are fine. And the whole the, the point of the whole thing is just uh, if you if you needed to bottle up in one word, it's love. Mm. It's, a, it's a big love fest, and uh, I like to think that ultimately that's maybe what. Uh, Jesus was about, and the, I've always felt that everybody should have their own prerogative about finding what that means for them without anybody saying it's got to be this or you got to box it up in this way or do this sort of ritual. So um, it was a revelation, I think, to the Brazilians who came. And uh, Christmas Eve, which occurred, what, three or four nights after our last solstice show, was attended by quite a few Brazilians, and the dean of the cathedral was was really happy about that because, you know, it's mainly been a kind of white wasp congregation. I mean, there's certainly a certain number of African American folks who come, but uh, I don't. I've never gotten the sense there were too many Latin folks there, and the cathedral needs more people. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's as well-kept a secret as our music and solstice. Yeah, it's the biggest Gothic cathedral in the world. Right? Well, evidently it's the biggest cathedral period wow. that they've realized more recently, yeah. And, um, and it's, 
I mean, it's for years, all the time I've been there, they, they've had the, the challenge of bringing people in and getting it, you're just getting support for it, which I suppose many, many churches do. But it's um, such a remarkable treasure, I think, for the city and for the country, really. And so um, after last year's Brazilian event, which, which was very gratifying and, and uh, we thought, well, uh, our, our percussionist, Jamie Haddad, who's played with many, many different people, and he plays with Paul Simon's band as well. And he, he was saying, you know, you've got to get, you've got to get a Latin artist in there, you know, Dominican or somebody. You've got to, you know, we've got to reach out to those people. And I couldn't find anybody whose music resonated enough with my own sort of particular aesthetic in terms of melodies that draw me in or that ways that we could interact because the whole point is not just to have guests who come and do their thing it's to the interplay is the point of it to see how we can uh, do something together and something that's maybe new a little bit it's not new isn't the main goal but we figure there's, there's got to be a uh, bridging somehow and then uh, Jamie said to me, and it was just late this summer, well, we had talked to a number of different Latin artists and uh, I listened to the music. I, I, didn't get, I didn't get hooked by anybody, but he said, you know, I heard uh, Danny in a uh, retrospective that Paul Simon had at BAM a few years ago where they did music from his show called The Cape Man. All right, yeah. And they had Danny sing the song Born in Puerto Rico. And he said, Danny just blew everybody away. He sings better than everybody. And I didn't know of his music at all. And so I, I got recordings and I heard that sunny voice that he's got. And I, I, I knew very little about the whole range of his music at that point. But I just thought there's a voice that I could relate to and there's some, there's some melodies. So uh, Paul Simon's office gave me his number. I just called him up and he was thrilled. He said, oh man, I've been listening to your music for years. I'd love to come. It was just, it was immediate. Because he, he began as a big band singer. So he loves instrumental music. He's loved it as a kid. And, and that's, I began, big bands were my first love too. So we're pretty much from the same generation. Oh, wow. And uh, so then it just immediately led to me wanting to go down there so Kitu and I went down last month and spent time with Danny and then learned about the whole African tradition the, the bomba music I knew nothing about that and it has lots of parallels with the, the, the Brazilian the spectrum of music in Brazil but it's, it's, it's got its own thing right. in Puerto Rico like it does in so many areas of the new world where those cultures came together and then uh, his daughter Soldanella who lives here in the Bronx is his manager. He's been here for about 20 years. She was a dancer and so uh, she's been our mediator with Danny because he, he, his English isn't as fluent as hers and she's just lovely, wonderful. And so, uh, and his other daughter, when we went down there, took Kitu around the country and went to the rainforest and well, Danny and I were listening to music. So it's become a, a real family affair kind of. Mm. Yeah, it's like uh, 
Well, I think of a few things. I mean, it seemed like there was an, an invisible web already connecting you. I mean, you guys were aware of each other before you were aware of each other, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's going on. And then the music is, is doing its work because... Well put, exactly. Know. And that, that web is, among, is, is there among all of us musicians. You meet it, it I've, for years, and you've found this too, I'm sure. No matter what the language is, it doesn't matter. The, the spoken language isn't really right. pertinent. You you come together with musicians, and right away you you realize you've got a whole common water because you're all allured to the magic, of the music, and the uh, and, and 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 then the first thing that comes up is humor. Hmm. You know, musicians laugh together immediately, and the minute that happens. You know, people are connected, and uh, and that was that was true with Danny. I mean, he's just a beaming, sunny, happy guy, and was just uh, so. We're really looking forward for a lot of reasons to him being with us at the at the cathedral.
you a question you probably don't get asked very often. I want to ask you about uh, architecture and music, and uh, maybe if you were to build uh, a temple for music, what what, what, wow. what would that be like? What a great question! I've never. It's really hard to imagine one better than the cathedral. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, as a horn player, playing in reverberation is, you know, it's like singing in the ultimate shower. You know, it's such a, a gratification because you're getting this extra bouquet in your sound and you're thinking, right. wow, I did that. <laughs> you know, you could play the same thing in your living room and it would be okay. But, you know, you would think, okay, well, what do I add to it to make it enough? to be worthy in the world or interesting or alluring and you go into the cathedral and you play one note and it's it's heaven so uh, that would be my first inclination or prejudice as a horn player Uh, as a band leader um, I mean I'm sure the the, the, the people could take issue and say, well, listen, you know, you, you get all those drums going and everything, it's just going to be muddy. And it's true. Uh, but I found that years ago with jazz groups where the, the prerogative of the trap set player became, became more and more elevated until you couldn't hear a damn thing. You know, there's mm-hmm. just some guy going crazy on this... Right. all these metallic things and the horns are shrieking to be heard and it's just all and you just want to leave uh, and so I that was the reason I moved away from traps uh, early on when I mm-hmm. wanted to create this a different kind of group it became called the consort because I wanted to have instruments like classical guitar and mm-hmm. cello and English horn and, and uh, you couldn't hear them if you had a if you had Steve Gadd playing behind you. And right. I, I love Steve. And I love Billy Cobham. And they, right. they they were both on my albums, you know, when, when that was appropriate. Although you can do that in a recording studio, but I could never play live with those guys. Right. Because I play too... I don't play necessarily quietly, but if I can't hear the some kind of bouquet on, the, on my horn, then I want to play louder and shriek. And then the minute I do that, it's like... You know, raising your voice all the time when you're talking to somebody, right. and there's just stress. All caps. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> your uppercase. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, it sounds like um, it sounds like it's a really lovely event. I'll, I'll mention again that it's December 18th through the 20th, um, the winter solstice. A salute to Puerto Rico with the Paul Winter Sol- uh, Consort and the Forces of Nature Dance Theater. And it's going to be featuring Danny Rivera. And um, what, do you have a, a particular uh, special intention for this this year? It, it's the same as it was in the beginning. It's just simply to uh, awaken spirit and a sense of us. I mean, that's the, the opportunity to move beyond sort of the us and them reality that you have in so many cultural educational, uh, spiritual contexts, as we grew up in classrooms with the expert in the, the sheep sitting there behaving, right? Same thing in concert halls. 
churches. And I've just always railed against that. I've resisted that. I just like a situation where it's all us. And what's, what's required then is the thing that, that Pete Seeger emphasized early on when I used to talk to him about the different kinds of music that, you know, what was relevant. And he said the key thing is participation. And so, I mean, I, uh, on one level, I'd like to get people to, to listen more deeply, which is the best to me, the, well, listening deeply and giving voice are, are, are both, uh, I think, key to the fulfillment of our lives. You might get and some dancing if it's uh, Salute to Puerto Rico. It's true, we could. Yeah, that's right, and and we've had it before. We we used to, we we've done uh, carnival events in in the eighties. We did two of those, and we had people dancing. Uh, there's not a lot of room in the aisles, but there might, might might well be some people. The bomba music is intense, and I don't know if you heard any of that. That I've heard Afri- uh, like the Port- African Puerto Rican stuff. Yeah. I have uh, there's yeah. two oh, I have great. two uh, two cuts here which okay. uh, and they're also on the uh, downloads aren't they the uh, the bomba so. yeah the co- oh, yeah. Uh, and that's compo. and and the download is paulwinter dot you go to paulwinter dot com or solsticeconcert dot com okay. paulwinter dot com or solsticeconcert dot com you can download all this music all right well um, I'm excited for the show I think that's going to be really beautiful and um, I'm glad for the opportunity to kind of amplify your intentions because they well, seem so right on. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, we want to listen for your show. Yeah. Too.